0: Welcome to the Jacob Burns Filmcast. For episode two, we're going to be talking about the Oscars and playing a prediction game. I am co-host Patreon Prey here as always with Mike Toundrow. Hello. And today we also have two special guests on the show, Adrian and Sarah. Welcome, you guys. I will allow you to introduce yourselves. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do here at the Burns? And what would you say your favorite movie of all time is?
1: Hi, my name is Adrian Frank. I'm the programming coordinator here at the Burns. I really don't like that question and I, I know, really I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggle with it every time someone asks me because I feel like how can you compare like a horror film to an animation and a documentary to a comedy and I feel like every stage in my life i have a different favorite movie and when i was a kid i had a favorite movie when i was in college i had a favorite movie and that constantly is changing um but with all of that being said young frankenstein very solid
2: choice as a great
1: yeah (laughs) yeah awesome and sarah how about you
3: i am sarah solomon i am in the marketing department here at the burns and i also uh program the series adapted page to screen My favorite movie of all time, I think, is The Princess Bride. Um, Everything that Adrian said is very smart and very wise, um, but The Princess Bride for me is just something that has been with me since my childhood. I cannot remember a time in my life when that movie wasn't a really important part of my life, and even as an adult, it is a great movie to watch. So, yeah, Princess Bride. Yeah, a lot of longevity on both of those
0: choices. (laughs) Great facts. And before we dive into our Oscars... Discussion. Adrian and I just got back from Art House Convergence, a conference in Utah, and Adrian stuck around for a little bit of Sundance. So we're curious, what are some titles we should look out for in the coming year?
1: Yeah, so I saw four movies that I crammed into the first day of Sundance before I flew home. Um, my favorites were Identifying Features, which is a drama um, following a mother looking for her son who's disappeared at the border. Um, it was a very heavy movie for 8.30 in the morning. Um, it was really beautiful film, um, which I highly recommend. And then I saw La Lorena. I think it's the La Llorona. Thank it's you. It's all good. <laughs> um, and that, I loved that movie. Um, it's a very quiet, kind of artsy horror film that you forget as a horror film until it reminds you. And yeah, I love both those films.
0: All right, so keep an eye out. And on that note, we're going to dive into our thoughts. We have a lot of
2: them. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just end the segment with that sigh?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to dive in and start by saying that my main issue with the nominations this year is that they seem to be continuing a trend where the Academy does not treat stories told by women or by people of color with the same gravitas that it does stories told by angry white men. And in particular, I'm upset about the lack of direction nominations for Greta Gerwig and Lulu Wang, among others, the complete lack of nominations for Uncut Gems, which I think is a crime, both in terms of directing Best Picture and Best Actor for Adam Sandler. On that
3: note, Adrian and Sarah... I definitely agree <laughs> with with Paige's thoughts. Um, the shutout for uncut gems is unfortunate, as well as uh, for the farewell portrait of a lady on fire, which is another one where you could have really gotten a very well deserved best director nomination for a woman. And um, with portrait of a lady on fire in particular, unfortunately, because France did not choose that film as its submission. It wasn't even eligible in the Best International Feature category, which I really think is a shame. I think this was a very exciting year for movies. Um, I think, like, Best Actress, you could have had Lupita Nyong'o, you could have had Aquafina, you could have had Elizabeth Moss for Her Smell, Jennifer Lopez for Best Supporting Actress. A lot of really exciting work happened, I think envelope-pushing work, and it really feels like this is a year more than even other years where it sort of feels like the members of the Academy didn't watch the movies. They decided these are the people that we want. These are the most famous people. These are the blondest people. (laughs) Um, And those were sort of the, the people who got in. And I would rather think that they didn't watch the movies because if this is like a real accurate reflection of the tastes of the Academy, then I think we have a whole new problem. Um, I think this is an interesting thing to talk about right now because Carrie Mulligan just came out with um, an argument that Academy voters should have to prove that they have watched the films mm. to be able to mm-hmm. vote. Yeah. And I think that that would be a great idea. It's sort of insane to me that that's not the case now. And
0: there are a lot of people who have gone on record in interviews saying that they haven't seen all the movies in a given category and they still vote. And that's absurd right. to me. You, that should not be the
1: case
2: yeah it turns into a popularity contest exactly yeah Yeah.
1: exactly Adrian, your thoughts. I mean, I feel like you both summed up all of my <laughs> thoughts and anger. Um, the only other thing I would add is that if we're only going to recognize angry men, I'm really sad that The Lighthouse was not recognized.
3: Oh, Preach. Yes.
1: That was yeah. my favorite movie of the year. And there and were two angry white men in The there Lighthouse. So, many angry <laughs> white men, so I don't know how that didn't slip through.
2: Three, if yeah. you include the sequel three.
3: (laughs) I do include
2: the seagull. You shouldn't include the seagull.
1: The (sighs) angriest of all.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I echo both of you, or all three of you. Um, Uncut got snubbed. Farewell snubbed. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen Elizabeth Moss get the uh, Best Actress nom. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Robert Eggers. Maybe not Best Picture for Lighthouse, because I understand it's a weird-as-hell movie, but I would have loved (laughs) to have seen a Best Directing knob for uh, Robert Eggers. And uh, Shout out to Booksmart.
3: Also yes, not getting yes, absolutely.
2: I feel like there's, I feel like there's a good amount of recency bias with a lot of these categories, mm-hmm. and Booksmart coming out a little closer towards the beginning of the year, like the first half of the year, maybe people just kind of forgot about it. Totally, and it's really yeah. unfortunate. I think it was a such a strong debut for Olivia Wilde as a for directing, as well as the two actresses.
0: Totally. I mean, Beanie is just a vision. Um, but I think too, also the lighthouse question as well as the female director question um when you look at the fact that lighthouse gets nominated for cinematography and you see little women get nominated for best picture obviously nothing for the farewell but there have been people that were talking about if you're going to nominate a film for best picture and all these other categories especially something like little women where it basically gets everything but best director nomination (laughs) there was someone who posed the do people just think these films directed themselves, which I think totally makes sense? I mean, yep. you have *The Lighthouse*, mm-hmm. which is this gorgeous sort of Bergmanesque vision of Maine in the 18 mid 19th century. I don't know exactly what decade, but mid 19th century, and there's just no recognition of sort of the vision behind that, and I think that's super disappointing. Um, but I will also add on top of this, in terms of costume that I was really disappointed to not see Ruth Carter get a nomination for Dolomite is my name or uh, Eddie Murphy for acting in Dolomite is my name. I thought that was a fantastic movie. And the fact is that the costume designers guild awarded Ruth Carter best costume design for Dolomite is my name. And so it's absurd to me that literally the people in her exact field would say, this is the best job someone did this year. And then the Academy just totally shuts her out.
2: This might be a tinfoil hat situation, I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, do you think because we got Irishman and Marriage Story, the, the Academy was like, yeah, it's enough Netflix.
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's totally a thing. I mean, there's obviously a lot of conversation in the industry about how places like Cannes have been really opposed to streaming titles and Netflix mm-hmm. in particular. And I think there's definitely a bias against the streaming giants. But the truth is that Netflix and Amazon Prime for all of their issues are also putting out some of the most cutting edge work. Yeah. They Netflix also put out Atlantics this year, directed by a black woman, Monty Diop, the first woman to be in contention for the Palme d'Or at Cannes, as a black woman. And the fact that, yeah, there's no recognition for that at all um, is crazy.
2: Yeah, it's still a new kind of platform. So hopefully as the years go on, we'll start Correct. to like kind of transition into that a bit.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think the Irishman got attention. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, it's Netflix, but it's still Scorsese. So
3: (laughs) safe Netflix.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Any other grievances? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to jump on what you said about uh, costume, I am very aggrieved that both Knives Out and Rocketman are not in that list of five. Especially because I think I think it's a pretty uninspired list. Um, of nominations Mm -hmm. for costume Mm -hmm. this year and I definitely would there are three that I would swap out and I would put Dolomite, Knives Out, and Rocket Man right in there. Um, Rocket Man, I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at those costumes. And then Knives Out, I just think it is very hard to do contemporary work and get attention Mm -hmm. for your costumes. And what movie this year were people talking about the costumes more than in Knives Out? And it is not just about that fabulous Chris Evans sweater, but... (laughs) Truly all the sweaters in that movie (laughs) and also all of Jamie Lee Curtis's pantsuits and all of Tony Collette's flowy dresses. Um, I think they just really absolutely nailed every personality of all of those family Mm -hmm. members in that movie through the costuming. And it's yeah, it's a shame not to see something like that get recognized. Fun
2: fact. Do you know Chris Evans knitted that himself?
3: Are you serious? For the film.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I just found that out over the weekend and it's phenomenal.
0: I would kill for footage of Chris Evans knitting.
2: (laughs) Give me that Instagram story. (laughs) Yes.
1: Seriously.
2: Oh my God. Putting on the tinfoil hat really quick. One more time. Do you think because of the internet backlash with Bohemian Rhapsody that Rockaman got like no attention this year?
0: That they tried to like overcorrect and not give it any
3: love?
2: Because I thought Rockaman was awesome.
3: And it's... Clearly, the better movie than Boney clearly Rhapsody. the better movie. Bohemian
2: Rhapsody, for all intents and purposes, is trash.
0: It's a it's a Rami Malek vehicle.
2: Yeah, the and... last half hour, awesome. When it's just the concert, great. Yeah, but the rest of the film is a mess.
0: Whereas Rocket Man is the kind of thing that you watch and you're like wow the production design in this is insane it feels like a musical not just a movie that happens to have music in it it's a
2: fantasy movie like they don't take the biopic aspect so hard and work so well with it it's a shame that it got no recognition for that i know except for best song which we'll talk about because you know it's elton sure but
3: (laughs) (laughs) Elton (laughs) exclamation point all
0: right and on that we're gonna play some uh, prediction games here and go through each of the categories. So we're going to start off with some shorts. So live action shorts.
3: Who has thoughts? I will be honest, having not seen any of the shorts in any of the categories yet, my predictions are all what Gold Derby says.
2: (laughs) Same. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting out strong. I feel like nobody's (laughs) seen any of these live action shorts.
0: (laughs) We're ramping up.
2: Yeah, we're ramping up.
0: Um, all right, so moving
1: right along. <laughs>
2: Wait, do we wanna just take guesses just to see? This could be the the scorebreaker. Yeah,
1: let's, sure, do let's do that. Let's do that. Because mine are solely guesses. Yeah. Okay, cool. So
2: I, I'm gonna say Saria.
1: Just purely off name.
3: All right. I'm going with Brotherhood again because that is the one that's leading on Gold Derby.
1: I went with Brotherhood, I think, because it was first in the list.
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna go with Nefta Football Club because I think the Academy loves movies about soccer. Mm. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. Short film animated. I'm going to go with hair love on this because I haven't seen all of them, but that actually I have seen hair love and I think it is precious and really darling and a really tender film. So I'm going to go with hair love.
1: I went with hair love as well. I've heard really good things about it. I have seen actually Kitball, which made me cry, Um, but I've also heard really good things about hair love. So I decided to go with that one.
3: I also went with hair love because it is the only one on this list that I have any reference for or have heard of.
2: <laughs> you guys have no heart. so, <laughs> so I am going with Kitbull because kit absolutely freaking destroyed me when I watched it. It's, it's similar to, it reminded me of spider verse in the sense that it's the type of animation style I haven't really seen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I don't want to spoil it. If you have Disney plus, Please dig into yeah. the Pixar Spark shorts and watch Kitbull. Yes. Very alone in bed with tissues ready. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Documentary short. I'm gonna go with learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl because that is badass as hell.
1: Same.
3: <laughs> Gold Derby says learning how to
1: skate in a war zone <laughs> if you're a girl.
3: It's
2: skating. I'm going. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> me? There's
0: a clear skate punk bias here, and hey, I'm yep. okay with it. all right cool um visual effects we have avengers endgame irishman lion king 1917 and star wars rise of skywalker nominated
2: it could really go anywhere yeah i'm gonna say endgame because i'm a dork and i want endgame to get something (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel like the easy answers are either lion king or irishman again just because of popularity Right. But also I think because Endgame was such a phenomenon, I think they're gonna to wanna to throw Endgame something. Same as you could say make the same argument with Star Wars being the quote unquote last Star Wars film, but yeah, I'm going Endgame.
3: I also think it's gonna be Endgame. I just think um as the culmination of what, two decades? Yeah. Twenty two films. Twenty one or twenty two films. Twenty one, twenty two. Um, of, of all of this planning and, like, to get to this one movie and and for them to pull it off as well as they did. So I think that um, it's going to be Avengers Endgame as sort of like a congrats, guys. Yeah,
2: Here you go, Kevin. You mm-hmm. did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well done.
1: <laughs> I'm going with Star Wars because I've never really been able to get into Star Wars, and so I always feel like I'm biased against it, and so I feel like I should overcompensate by predicting (laughs) Star Wars will win Oscars. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I am a really big Star
0: Wars fan and I feel like there could possibly be an upset win for the Irishman just because a lot of people talked about the de-aging technology. But I'm going to give it to Avengers Endgame too because I really loved that movie. And yeah, for all the reasons you guys stated, it was just a very emotional end to that saga and just really impressive visual effects. I mean, yeah. at a at a basic point, like I can picture so many scenes in Avengers, even more so than I think Star Wars um, or like The Lion King, where you're just like, wow, this they did a really good job with this, yeah. and it doesn't veer into uncanny valley territory.
2: Counter argument, Babu Frick.
0: Okay, well, counter argument, Hot Hulk.
2: True, Hot Hulk is pretty impressive.
0: Dab. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Babu Frick deserves the award. If it's just Babu Frick, then
2: G- is there another? Is there a category yeah, for best uh, Babu uh, Frick? This,
0: yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to sound mixing, and Mike, as the resonant sound expert in the room, is gonna give a quick primer on sound mixing versus sound editing for the layman who may not be aware of the difference.
2: Sure, and I'll try to keep this as simple as humanly possible. <laughs> Sound mixing is the polish you give a film. Essentially, any like echo or effects, anything like that, it's kind of just the overall shine to the sound mix. Um, Sound editing is actually piecing the elements together. Cutting, fades, all that sort of thing. Um, Rule of thumb with these categories, people don't know what the hell any of this means. (laughs) So usually the loudest film wins. Mm -hmm. Uh... So... There's two on this list that I think are shoe ins. It's either Ford vs. Ferrari or 1917. Again, popularity contest. I think it's going to be 1917. But I don't think Ford vs. Ferrari is going to win best picture or anything. So maybe this is where you give the nod to mm-hmm. Ford vs. Ferrari. So I'm going to go f- <laughs> I'm going to go Ford. Four vs. Ferrari. All right. Because it, it's also like pretty impressive that I mean, usually this is the this is the case with kind of like car films that actually like care about the production unlike something like fast and furious um they will go out to capture very specific models of cars i think they did that for this and that's Mm -hmm. pretty hard to pull off um and for it to kind of come together as cleanly as it did um but again at the end of the day forver Ferrari is very loud (laughs) so
3: (laughs) i have a question um but I don't want to just put you on the spot. So if anybody knows the answer, the year that everybody was sort of fighting about Moonlight versus La La Land
0: mm-hmm.
3: and then sort of early in the evening, Hacksaw Ridge kind of snuck in and stole a bunch of things, and everyone yeah. was like, Oh no, were we sleeping on the thing that we really should have been worried about? <laughs> do you know do you remember if they won those sound awards?
2: I don't remember. Anybody? I do I don't
1: not
0: remember. remember. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. In the I moment do. where I was like, wow, did I miss out by
3: not <laughs> seeing yeah. Hacksaw yeah. Ridge?
0: <laughs> Spoiler alert, I definitely did not. But <laughs>
3: so the funny thing was um, somebody was texting me. They were watching Hacksaw Ridge as the Oscars were happening. Oh, God. And they were just sort of texting me as it was going on. It's like, it's winning awards. And they were like, a leg just flew out of the screen. <laughs> oh. I've, i derailed us i'm getting us back on track I'm, I'm gonna say 1917 because i agree i think most of the people who vote for the oscars don't really know the difference between those things i think 1917 is a real front runner and i think that there's just what they're gonna vote speaking for. speaking
2: of lakes flying out on
1: yeah. speaking of things <laughs> flying around body parts everywhere can I change my prediction now that you've explained to me what sound mixing is? I mean, you,
2: you also didn't say your prediction, so you don't have to say that you have
1: to All change right, it? Just, just for myself, so that I'm being honest with myself, I'm changing it to 1917. Okay. It was very loud.
2: It was very loud.
0: Yeah, I'm also going to second 1917 just because I know they love giving war movies the sound mixing and editing awards, so... Yeah,
3: 1917
2: it is. So now if 1917 wins, I have to question my position at the base. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> so That's something a, you know, that actually is interesting yeah. is that, like, because we were saying that people don't always know the difference, they are two different lists. It's yeah. not the same films right. that are nominated. I do think that that is always interesting. Oh,
2: wait, is... Oh, yeah, Ad Astra is not on here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> this is where you give it to Star Wars. I'm, I'm going to say Star Wars.
0: I'm going to go Star Wars because I'm a big fan of the lightsaber.
2: Oh, noise. So specifically. Yeah. I mean,
0: lightsabers are
3: great, but, but the lightsaber yeah.
2: noise in particular. Especially with the like the marketing push that this is like the final Star Wars, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is where you finally give a lightsaber, a nomination or a lightsaber, an award. <laughs> yeah. It, yes.
3: Star Wars. I imagine um, that Star Wars will take it. Yeah. Cool. All right.
2: One Oscar for Babu Frick. Yes.
3: Yes. He did it
2: all. He did it all.
0: <laughs> He's the <a> one match.
2: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Imagine him just behind the board. Hey. hey. <laughs> uh,
3: my love for Bob and Frick knows it's my no dream. bounds. He should share it with Carrie Russell, though, I think.
2: <laughs> it's true.
0: Oh. All right. Production design. I am going to go Parasite on this, um, in particular because of how much thought and planning went into the set and the design of the house in Parasite. It is staggering when you think about how much thought was put into the set and the decor. And Mike even pointed out to me that in every single shot in Parasite, there is something visual separating the rich from the poor. Mm -hmm. And that kind of attention to detail, yeah, deserves a production design award immediately.
2: I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go off the rails really quickly because half the audience is not, or probably more than half is not going to know what the hell I'm talking about. But the house in Parasite is very much like a Resident Evil game that there's just layers and layers and layers of that house that you keep discovering and you're on this joyride discovering new rooms and new areas of the house. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, a video game level. Um, yeah, and that there's so much thought that has to go into that. So yeah, for sure, Parasite.
1: So with this one, I'm going with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I wasn't as much of a fan of this movie as a lot of people. But the one thing that I absolutely loved was the production design. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think I could really think of another movie I've seen that put me in an era so well. And I I grew up watching a lot of 60s movies and TV shows with my parents. And there were so many tiny references I was catching mm-hmm. in that movie throughout it that were never even called out. It was just things in the background, yeah. which I loved. And so, yeah, that's what I'm going for with this one.
3: I am also going. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, I do not think the Academy can resist. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they love movies about themselves. A really, a movie kind of glorifying that golden age of Hollywood. It's true, and um, I think that that is. I think that's what we're going to see on Oscar night. Yeah. I have a lot more to say about
1: that later.
2: <laughs> and it is interesting. It's the Parasite, the only one that's not a period piece. Right. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, yeah. But no, I do think even in terms of period pieces that once upon a time did such an effective job of of setting that mood, you yeah. just yeah, you felt like it was real. Mm-hmm not real obviously it is real but um (laughs) it
2: was a real time that happened but
0: (laughs) (laughs) just that you felt like you were in it
2: (laughs) hard arguments to make none of us were alive (laughs) (laughs) do we have proof the 60s actually have i I mean
3: they did fake the moon landing right
0: (laughs) (laughs) who are the beatles (laughs) (sighs) okay (laughs) on that note original song Sarah, do you want to start? Because you have thoughts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts boil down to Elton exclamation point. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that this is gonna go to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, as it should. And I I loved that movie. And I really, really would love to see Elton John get that Oscar. Yeah. Would Elton John egot?
2: Maybe because
3: he has a Tony for Aida, but oh, doesn't yeah. he already have an Oscar for The Lion King? Oh, he did oh, well, made. right? Oh. Mm-hmm. That, that little sense. film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's going to be either Rocketman or a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, Frozen! Everybody loves Let It Go. This must be another hit and mm-hmm. go to Frozen." <laughs> Even though Into the Unknown, I don't think really hit hard with anybody. Other than the Panic! at the Disco cover, which slaps.
0: It does, yes.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I th- I'm going to go Elton. Or, you know, Man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
1: yeah. it's Elton. Same. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> same. I, I mean, like, come on. It's the most nudity and cocaine I've ever seen in yeah. a <laughs> musical, so that deserves something. <laughs> um, and then on that note, score. Um, so setting the tone for a whole film which is arguably a lot harder than just writing a single song.
2: Yep. I am going Hilder for Joker. I think the score, uh, even before Todd Phillips came to do the Q and a, my first viewing of it, I thought the score was perfectly haunting and matched the tone and that character so well. And then getting the insight from Todd, um, that Hilder wrote a at least a draft of the score just based on the screenplay. And they were able to use that during production, that's really, really, really hard to nail, and without seeing it, incredibly rare. Yet. And that incredibly you write rare. the score before the. Usually, film. you see a cut of the film, and you're composing to the film, right? And that's just utterly impressive, and she absolutely deserves it.
3: I agree. Uh, I think Hildur is going to take it. Also, she would only be the third woman composer to win the Oscar, so I'm definitely I'm rooting for her.
2: Yeah.
1: I was going to say that mainly because I want her to for that reason. But then the more I'm thinking about it, I just sort of feel like it's going to be 1917 because that was just this very like sweeping war epic score that I feel like the Academy is really going to like, even though I don't really remember it. But I remember in the moment thinking, oh, yeah, it's like a very epic sound. And I think that they'll like that. It's um, also loud. And it's loud. And it's loud. It's loud. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, quick <laughs> question. Does John Williams have an Oscar? This is he John's. Has to. This is John's last Star Wars score.
0: I know, but he's got to have an Oscar for something, no?
2: Well, give yours. I'll look it up.
0: All right. On that note, um, I'm also going to go Hildur. One, because, yeah, I'm biased because she's a woman and I'd love to see her win it. Um, But also kind of because it is very uh, anti-Oscar score in Mm -hmm. a way. Um, That it is a lot more sort of eerie and ethereal than the average score. And I love Star Wars. I love what John Williams does for those films. Um, but it would be really cool to see someone who is such kind of an iconoclast in that field take it home. I think that would be incredibly exciting.
3: And John Williams obviously is a really wonderful composer, but it's a little strange because usually... If a, a score was written not for the movie, or was written for a different movie, it was something not for this particular movie that it's nominated for. It is ineligible, and so this right. one is a little confusing to me because the Star Wars score was written is basically for Star- been reused <laughs>
0: nine, literally nine times at this point.
2: Uh, he has won in the past for Star Wars. He won for New Hope. Okay. Uh, the trilogy, the new trilogy, has all been nominated now. Okay. Um. Counterpoints to what you just said. The new scavenger theme for Ray. Yeah. It's
3: really sick. Yeah, that is great. Oh, Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously there are are new parts of the score that are great. But I think back to Arrival. Arrival was not nominated for best score Mm -hmm. because part of it was previously composed music. And this is certainly previously composed music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I still feel like it's going to be John, but I'm going to stick with Joker because I think Joker actually deserves it, but I feel like there is going to be an upset and it's going to be John, but (laughs) Joker deserves it.
0: All right. Locking down those votes. Lock. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Makeup and hairstyling. I think this is definitely Judy because that was terrifying how well (laughs) she looked like Judy Garland. Um, Yeah, that's all I have.
3: My guess is bombshell. I think uh, a lot of Oscar voters like a pretty woman and this movie gave them 3 and they they sure made them look like the Fox News ladies that they were supposed to look like so that's my that's my guess. Yeah, I'm also going to
0: guess bombshell just because not not because I think it deserves it, but just because I think that, yeah, a lot of people have been like, "Isn't it amazing how much she looks like Megan Kelly? It's like, sort of she has pretty similar bone structure and blonde hair, so that's not that hard to do. but yeah, sure,
2: I'll go bombshell also. Again, this is where you give bombshell something. I don't think it's gonna get anything else. Mm-hmm. I, I for a second, I was gonna say maleficent, just cuz, but no, I'll go bombshell
0: all right. Film editing.
2: This is interesting. Yeah. So I'd, everybody's kind of take on editing is different. For me, it means the pacing of the film. I don't think it's gonna be Four vs Ferrari because I started feeling that length. I haven't seen Irishman yet, but I I'd imagine <laughs> you could feel the length on that, and it probably drags a little bit. Um, I could see it being Jojo or Parasite. I think Joker is a little too heavy. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go JoJo mainly for and quick spoilers for Jojo Rabbit, if you want to skip ahead 10 seconds, the payoff of Jojo's mother,
0: the shoes, mm-hmm. the
2: shoes, yeah. and just how that was like composed in a way that it wasn't it was like lightly telegraphed, but you didn't really see it coming. Like once that hit, once you see the shoes, it's you go from a joyous moment to completely heartbroken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to pull off. So I'm gonna go JoJo.
3: I am gonna go with Parasite, which is maybe wishful thinking. I just I want all of the things to go to Parasite. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, of course. I'm going with Ford versus Ferrari because I feel like it needs to get something at some point. I I also <laughs> haven't seen it, um, so I don't feel like it needs to get anything because I have no opinion. But I feel like it will get something, so I'm giving it editing.
0: Yeah, I'm also gonna guess Ford versus Ferrari, not having seen it either, um, but just because. It did get a few nominations, so clearly there are people that like it. And I can see people being really easily impressed by the car scenes and the fast editing there. The Um, racing
2: is pretty cool. Yeah. It's very well done, but yeah, I don't know.
0: I will say, sidebar, I would have loved to see Lighthouse edited for editing. Mm -hmm. Edited. Nominated for editing.
2: (laughs) You want Um, the category edited (laughs) to (laughs) include the Lighthouse.
0: Um, Just because I think the editing in that was really a work of art. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, in an ideal universe, I'd love to see Parasite win, but realistically, I'm going to go with Ford versus Ferrari.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's the easy answer for a lot of the technical ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: Again, I saw Ford vs Ferrari. I liked it a lot. It is confusing why it's on so many of these categories, as opposed to something like, Book "Booksmart," "Right," "Lighthouse,"
3: "Yeah," "Farewell." I believe the answer is men. <laughs>
2: oh, cars and boys liking the cars. Yeah, that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ford vs Ferrari, aka riding in cars with boys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so all, right. all the boys I loved in cars. <laughs> oh.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, best costume design.
3: The silence.
4: Well, yeah.
3: <laughs> Listen, Little Women is on here, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is on here, and both of those things I think are fantastic. I agree with both of those decisions. So I am going to go uh, with Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. I believe she also did the costumes for 1917, so that's like two movies that have a lot of nominations. Mm. Um this year, and I would hope that that might boost her a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that it should be Knives
1: Out, but it will be <laughs> Little Women. I'm also going Little Women on this one. Okay.
2: I'm gonna go Jojo Rabbit for Sam Rockwell's outfit at the end. Oh
1: yes, <laughs> yes. yes, that was pretty Great. giving me <laughs> that so that much life. So good.
0: Yeah. Alfie Allen. He's like, you can't see it. (laughs) Um,
2: It's the only time I smiled at a Nazi outfit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it's cabaret Nazis. (laughs) Um, Just to mix it up and to to split the vote here, I'm going to go Once Upon a Time um, for the same reasons we discussed on production design that I could see them being like, they set the mood really effectively. Mm -hmm. We love movies about ourselves. Um, I think Little Women, obviously the costumes are spectacular and again we've talked a lot about how impressive it is to set a mood and a time period that mm-hmm. well um but i'm gonna guess once upon a time just to mix it up
2: especially with once upon a time not only like the quote-unquote present timeline but also all the stuff you see leo in like the, the old films oh yeah yeah that probably gives us some bonus points
0: yeah that oh so fun cinematography i'm gonna start and say lighthouse because the cinematography in that is insane Uh, As Mike and I have discussed, uh, Eggers' DP uses only natural light, which I'm sure drives the crew absolutely up a wall, but results in some of the most staggeringly beautiful shots I've seen on a big screen in years.
2: Yeah. Quick sidebar. Ryan Johnson tweet out over the weekend. I just had a dream that I just saw Robert Eggers' first cut of his Star Wars film, and I have not wanted anything more in my life now oh, than a Robert Eggers Star oh, Wars no. film. <laughs> a natural
0: light Star Wars. A natural light
2: Star Wars film. And a buddy of mine was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. at the end you it's revealed that the Jedi are the monsters the whole time. I was like, Oh my god, please. <laughs> Anyways, uh I want Lighthouse really badly for all the reasons that Paige just said, but it's gonna be nineteen seventeen because everybody likes a gimmick. I mean,
0: I love Deacons. No shade of Deacons,
2: but I want Lighthouse. The
0: Lighthouse was just—it was Bergman
2: in me. Yeah, yeah.
1: I have the exact same thing on my list. I have a star next to the Lighthouse because it's what I want, and then I have 1917
2: highlighted. Me me and Adrian are playing to win.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It should be the Lighthouse. It will be 1917.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Paige. When you said that, I was like, that's so sweet and optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) I know some categories I went with my heart, others with my head. I have to agree. I think that this is, you know, they might as well just pull the truck up to Roger Deakins' house right now.
0: (laughs) Best Documentary, I'm going to guess Honeyland because Honeyland is one of very few, if any other titles, to be nominated at the Oscars for both Best Documentary and Best International Mm -hmm. Feature Film. Um, Highly unusual and I think speaks to how much it resonated with the voters. So I'm going to guess Honeyland, even though I also... Loved for Sama, uh, which we showed here at the Burns. Edge of Democracy is also spectacular. And The Cave, uh, the Burns is showing in February. All amazing films. But I'm going to guess Honeyland
1: based on the love in the nominations for that movie. I'm also going with Honeyland. For the same reason. And also, I... I can't think of another recent documentary that I've heard so many people talk about so much and put on lists of just their favorite, all-time favorite films that are still talking about. And it feels like a movie that has such staying power. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Honeyland.
3: I also think it will be Honeyland for the same reason that, like, it showed up twice on these nominations. But I think um, American Factory could also be a real contender Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. um that one is on netflix so i think sort of easy easy access people always like that yeah (laughs) but i do think honeyland will prevail
2: i admittedly haven't seen any of these but i haven't heard the conversation about honeyland stop since it came out Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go honeyland also
0: yeah and Icarus won previously, right? And that yes. was a Netflix doc. So, at least in the documentary category, which Netflix does have a lot of really strong original documentaries, I think the Oscars hasn't haven't been as opposed to giving Netflix awards in that category. So
2: Did Money in the Gap win? No. No. No.
0: It lost to Free Solo. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. That's fine.
0: I know. I know. It <laughs> literally was a category where it was like, is it- for
3: once.
2: <laughs> I mean.
3: No, Free Solo, this is not... I love Free Solo. I think yeah, yeah. it's a great movie, but, but man, minding in the gap minding is. The gap is...
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. International feature film. I'm all in on Parasite. Parasite.
2: Absolutely. Parasite. This is where you give to pain and glory.
0: <laughs> Just to mix it up. I know Just Mike and up. I have to split the vote sometime. Just to,
1: yeah.
0: um, Somebody
2: has to play the nice host.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. El Motivar is amazing. And I also don't think that film got enough love uh, in the mm-hmm. nominations, which would be cool to, I wouldn't be mad if it won,
2: but yeah, I'll be really hyped if Parasite does. If Parasite's not going to win Best Picture, this is where they give it to Parasite. Right. So if right. Parasite wins, then I feel like all hope is lost. For Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Best Director. Also very possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, animated
1: feature. Yeah. This is a category I actually kind of have strong feelings about because I watched I Lost My Body last night. Mm. And mm. I really liked it. Yeah. And Sarah and I have already talked today about it prepping for this um and it was a really uniquely told story it just did things I wasn't expecting it was able to surprise me and made me feel and that was all pleasantly surprising and I think that it should win an Oscar
3: yeah I loved I lost my body I agree with Adrian um but I don't think it will win
1: <laughs> this is my optimistic yeah. one. <laughs>
3: I think Toy Story 4 will win yeah I'm
0: going Toy Story 4 also One, because just the Disney-Pixar nomination machine is so strong um, that they really know how to lobby for their films. But also, just because I want to support Bo Peep living her best life, which she very much is in (laughs) Toy Story 4. Uh,
2: I am also going Toy Story 4. It's a Pixar film. Everybody knows Pixar. Yeah. I would love to see Klaus take it. I haven't seen it, but again, the animation style. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. been like... Granted, it was a Christmas film, so like over the break, there's a lot of talk about it, but yeah. no, I, I think it's gonna be Toy Story. Yeah. Missing Link did win the Golden Globe, right? It did. It yeah. did. That's surprising.
3: And for what it's worth, I do love this How to Train Your Dragon series. Yeah. I know. I
0: that was something that like a year ago someone was like, You should really watch How to Train Your Dragon. And I end up watching what, all three? <laughs> in yeah. like, in like a week. It is, it's really lovely. Yeah. And hard segue onto best original screenplay
2: this is where you give it to ryan johnson yeah right
3: well that would
1: be nice
2: hopefully
3: um my guess my official guess is quentin tarantino for once upon a time in hollywood my heart is with (laughs) ryan johnson okay
2: i'm gonna put s in a heart (laughs) in my notes there you
1: go i'm going with ryan johnson um it was definitely between knives out and once upon a time in hollywood for me but i'm gonna go knives out
2: yeah i'm going knives out
0: all right, I'm going to go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, mostly because, one, he did win the Golden Globe, but also, two, I think that the Oscars have this tradition of when they're not going to give a film best picture or best director, giving it best screenplay. Mm-hmm. They've done it with Spike Lee, and I can see Quentin Tarantino being the same kind of sort of pity win. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not saying they're taking pity on him and it's an undeserving film, But I can definitely see that being the big one that they give him as sort of a consolation prize for not winning the other ones. So I'm going to go Once Upon a Time. And Adapted, I'm just Greta. I need to see Greta.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, in my heart, I want Greta or Mm Taika. I'm going to go Taika with us for JoJo.
3: I think it's going to be Greta. I just think the way that she took this very well-worn material, this story that most of us are very very familiar with and really made it feel fresh and new plus the movie is a hit i think that greta probably is taking this home
1: also going with greta same reason and it just feel like it's got to win something <laughs>
2: Real talk, it's going to be Joker and then the internet's going to be a blaze. Yeah,
1: I, c-
0: I could see it being Joker. And side note, I will just say one of my favorite things that Todd Phillips said when he came to the Burns was that people asked him, how can you write a movie like Joker after you wrote a movie like The Hangover? And his response was, well, when I wrote The Hangover, Obama was president and there was a much lighter mood when I wrote Joker, Trump had just been elected. And I think that is the funniest <laughs> way to describe that dichotomy. <sighs> yeah. And on to Supporting Actress, and I'm going to say Laura Dern just because she is such a darling these days and love her
3: to death, and she did win the Golden Globe. So
1: Yeah, for the same reasons, I'm going Laura Dern.
3: Also, Laura Dern, you know, she is Hollywood royalty. Mm -hmm. She is really, like, just having an amazing couple of years and she is in not just marriage story, which she's nominated for, but also little women. Right. And I think that this is kind of going to be just one of those nice. We love you, Laura Dern. Yeah. Here's your Oscar yeah. <laughs> awards. Yeah.
2: yeah same. Uh, she was my favorite part of marriage story. So yeah, Laura Dern.
0: Side note though. I will say that I loved Adam Sandler's support for Kathy Bates, getting a nomination so in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, Because anytime you can tie an Oscar nomination to a Waterboy reference,
2: that is really solid. Justice for Mama.
0: (laughs) Also joining us from a previous recording session is JVFC House Manager Charlotte Exton, who shared her thoughts on the pick for Best Supporting Actress.
4: This is kind of a hard category. Yeah, Um, definitely one of the more toss-up ones. Kathy Bates, I don't think, is going to take it because I haven't heard too much buzz about the film or her performance at least me myself and I um Laura Dern again like Tom Hanks everybody loves Laura Dern and she and for good reason she's (laughs) incredible um so that's the only reason why I would think she would take it and I personally loved Scarlett Johansson's performance in Jojo Rabbit I thought it was beautiful um and heartbreaking all at the same time so I'm hoping for Scarlett Johansson, but Laura Dern I think is going to I I think she's going to take it.
0: Yeah. It's crazy too because I could totally see this being a year where ScarJo gets nominated for two things and goes home empty-handed. Yeah. Um but I mean she had a crazy year.
4: She had a great year. I mean for sure. Yeah. Um I don't know, but then I also feel like Florence Pugh could kind of just come out of nowhere. She I thought she was really great in Little Women.
0: Yeah. She gave the character a lot of, she she played it in a way that was so much more sympathetic than mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's been in past films, yeah. um, that she, like, is kind of the villain in
4: a lot mm-hmm. of, like,
0: especially the Winona Ryder, Little Women, yeah. that you kind of have a resentment for her, and both Florence and, and Greta's writing did a really good job of making her such an empathetic character.
4: Yeah, and, I remember seeing it, and there was one scene where you see her as, like, in the present, like, the adult Um, character. And then they immediately go to the past where she's supposed to be 12, which is kind of ridiculous (laughs) that she's supposed to be 12 years old. But I remember, like, audibly, like, gasping because she seemed so young, Mm -hmm. and we just saw her, and she seemed so, like, mature and adult. And so, I just that alone, being able... And that's also, like, costumes and makeup and hair and everything. um, And direction, obviously. Um, But... So I, I feel like she could kind of come out of nowhere. But I think I think Laura Dern is going to get it. And supporting actor,
0: I'm going to go Brad Pitt. I Not just because he won the Golden Globe, because I think he deserved it. It might be my favorite role of his of all time.
1: I'm going Tom Hanks for this one. Um, because when I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I forgot that I was watching Tom Hanks, which I think is really impressive because it's mm. Tom Hanks. <laughs> and I felt like I was watching Mr. Rogers because I felt like he just embodied a person that I know so well. And he embodied him so well. So, yeah.
3: I think it's got to be Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, similar to Laura Dern, he's just like another person who Hollywood loves him. And he doesn't have one yet. And I think it's a little bit of like a career Oscar. But it is also for a fantastic performance in a movie that I really love. And so I think it is well-deserved kind of like all across the board just for like all of the work that he's done over the course of his career. And also for really turning in this fantastic performance in a movie that, you know, not just I love, but clearly the Academy has a lot of love for this movie. And uh, I think it's going to be an exciting Exciting win to see Brad get up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will also go with Brad Pitt, but I could see the uh, vote gang split between Tom and Brad and it going to like Pacino or Pesci. Yeah.
0: Mm. But, I will say I loved Pesci. Yeah. Um, I thought that he did a spectacular job, um, but so did Al Pacino.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Same argument could be made for Pesci and Pacino. Right. That they split the vote. Yeah. Too. They Yeah. Split the vote totally. Too. Yeah. I'm going to go Brad.
0: And let's check in with Charlotte for her pick for Best Supporting Actor.
4: So this one is harder for me. I was just looking it over. Um, so Brad Pitt won the award at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like he might win this, but also it could go to Tom Hanks because uh, everyone loves Tom Hanks. <laughs> um but I also, I didn't see The Irishman, mm-hmm. but everyone's been talking about Joe Pesci. And it's like his comeback film. He took a break for many years. Um, anytime anyone talked about The Irishman, it was always about Joe Pesci and his performance. So I feel like it could go either way. It could be a big surprise. Um, so right now, I'm, I'm betting on Brad Pitt, but I'm, I'm looking at a surprise Joe Pesci Coming up for the, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm making a Seth bet right here. I'm yeah. not going
1: for either one, but yeah. All right. And best actress. I'm going with Renee Zellweger on this. Um, Judy was fine, um, but she was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but that's literally what everyone says.
1: <laughs> and again, it's a movie about Hollywood. It's a movie about Hollywood royalty. I feel like she's going to get it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Judy is definitely a movie.
1: <laughs> that exists. That
2: existed in 2019. Uh, but Renee was fantastic. Same thing that uh Adrian was saying with Tom Hanks. I, I forgot I was watching Renee mm-hmm. Zellberger. I thought I was watching Judy Garland, and it was impressive. So I'm gonna go Renee.
3: I
0: also think it's gonna be Renee. Yeah, ditto. I have nothing to add for those exact <laughs> reasons. Let's hear Charlotte's pick for Best Actress. I
4: think this category is Kind of the same as leading actor. Um, I think Renee Zellweger is going to take it home. Uh, people weren't in love with the movie, but they all talked about her performance. Um, I'm so bad. The only movie I've seen in this category is Little Women. Mm-hmm. So I want to say li- short, 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 take it because she's also kind of getting a comeback as well she's been away doing something
0: I know and her Golden Globes acceptance speech sounded a little salty she was like good to see you all after 17 years yeah and she was
4: like who she said something like who's the first person to thank my agent me yeah (laughs) so yeah she's
0: ready she's ready and best actor I think Joaquin Phoenix is gonna get it um there are a lot of categories where I don't think Joker deserves to win but Joaquin Phoenix in this was totally on another
2: level yeah I mean growing up with comics and this character Joaquin absolutely floored me with his performance and it was something I haven't seen before and uh yeah I think he absolutely deserves this
1: yeah Joaquin same all (laughs) all the same reasons (laughs) I also think that it
3: is going to be Joaquin. I would like to give a shout out to Antonio Banderas. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What an amazing performance. And I'm just really glad that he got in there because that sort of felt like maybe that was a little bit on the fence. So it's nice to see him there, but I think uh, Joaquin is gonna take it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Leo also acting as an actor. Again, right. in these like little vignette moments, especially the scene where he is acting with the uh, like in that Clint Eastwood esque film, mm-hmm. uh, and shout out to Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Again, he, him and Laura Dern were the best parts of Marriage Story.
0: Yeah, I love Adam Driver, but yeah, in terms of career defining performance, I think Joaquin.
2: Oh, for sure. It has
0: it? Yeah. yeah. Checking in with Charlotte for her pick for best actor.
4: I feel like it is obviously going to be going to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Um, I feel like it's already in the bag, which there's always a couple of those categories every year where everyone is like, everyone else was just nominated because they have <laughs> to have, to nice. but they all know that this one person's going to win. And he he was excellent in it. Um, his performance was great. Um, but I also love Leonardo DiCaprio he is my one true original love in the world so I would love for him I thought his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was amazing he had a great like stutter um, which was so subtle uh, and so I'd love for it to go to him but I feel like it's gonna go to Joaquin Phoenix All right, and the big guns best director
2: Greta Gerwig oh wait
3: uh, Lulu Wing.
2: Um, uh, oh, wait. Olivia. Oh, uh,
3: shit. <laughs> oh, so much sass, and I love it. S-
2: Safety? Bro, oh, no. Maddie Diap? Uh, Ta- Taika? Oh. Jordan Peele? <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be Bong. So let's go Parasite.
3: Uh, yeah, I also. I. Th- I have Bong Joon-ho. This is sort of the one where I let my heart override my head. Um, You know, there's a very good chance that Sam Mendes is going to take this. I continue to maintain Sam Mendes' best film is Skyfall. And if he was going to be nominated and win for anything, that should have been the one. (laughs) But um, I've got my fingers crossed for Bong. And I think, um, you know, I heard somebody, they were like, it's in his name. He's director Bong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got to give it to him. (laughs) I hope your hearts are right. Um, but I think... I just kind of think it's going to be Martin Scorsese's because it's Martin Scorsese's. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no I'm right. not going with my heart. <sighs> Sigh.
3: And on February 9th, they'll open the envelope and we'll hear best director goes to Todd Phillips. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: And then Twitter will crash. Um, yeah, I'm also going with my heart on
0: this one and Bong Joon-ho. Um... Yeah, I can totally see it not going this way, but it's just the kind of thing that the vision behind Parasite is so unique and original and I mean, he's always had a great eye. I've loved pretty much everything he's put out, but Parasite to me was so just unbelievably new and envelope pushing that as much as I love some of the other nominees,
3: Parasite was just in a league of its own. Yeah. And he's also just been such a delight on the campaign trail. Oh, yeah. For as much as you could say he's campaigning. But just at all of these events, just his enthusiasm, the way that he's like taking pictures. Obviously, him taking pictures of the Parasite cast and winning the SAG Award is probably <laughs> like the highlight of that. But he also was there sort of filming Brad Pitt's speech. And like, he really just seems to be having a great time.
2: He's the film industry's dad.
3: He's the film industry's dad. He answered that question about, like, would you um, direct a Marvel film Yeah. in the perfect way? If anybody doesn't know, what he said was that the costumes are too tight and that if they ever <laughs> wanted to make a superhero movie with loose fitting costumes, <laughs> that he would consider it. I mean, I just think he is a treasure. He is. And now Charlotte's
4: thoughts on Best Director. Parasite... Bong Joon Ho, I absolutely adore that man, um, and *Parasite* was my favorite film of the year, and um, and I just think it's so cool that um, a South Korean director is getting this must buzz for an American awards show. Like, I just think it's so incredible um, and important. And he was also an artist in residence here mm-hmm. back in 2015. Yeah. yeah, so that is so. I'm I love him. Um, so I am saying that I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that he wins that because I think it's so so deserved. Um, Sam Mendes though could come yeah. up and 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 do that. Um, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's pretty incredible. But my
1: heart and soul are is hoping for Bong. For bong. Yeah. yeah.
0: Best picture.
1: So going back to what you were saying, Paige, earlier about screenplay, the reason that I did not go with Quentin Tarantino for screenplay is because I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to get best picture. Because, again, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood, and I feel like that's a movie that captures so much of a certain era in the film industry and in a lot of ways glorifies this time in Hollywood. And I, I, as soon as I saw I think the night that I saw it, I was like, oh, that's going to win best picture. So yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood.
2: I think Parasite is genuinely the film of the year. It has not left the conversation. Everybody's talking about it. It took over the internet. It took over every, everything. So hopefully, and again, I'm going heart vote here. <laughs> Parasite. <laughs>
3: I think it's going to be 1917. I think that is just the kind of movie that the Academy loves. And for all of the sort of efforts at diversification and these conversations about, like, is an Oscar movie still what we think of it as? It sort of seems like this year. Yeah, Oscar movies are still what we think they are. And 1917 (laughs) is a war movie, you know, and it's one that people people really like. People are really into it and it's winning a bunch of things, that one seems like it's the front runner to me. I am also going
0: to guess 1917. I will say that I would be thrilled if Parasite won. I would be really happy if Once Upon a Time won. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be 1917 for the, those reasons, too. That um, Especially after watching the Golden Globes, which, granted, are not always a great predictor of the Oscars, but... Uh, I was, yeah, I think surprised in looking at the nominations and for the Oscars and the Golden Globes winners to see just how much people loved 1917. And no shade at that. It is a great film. I just
2: don't think it's as original as Once Upon a Time or especially Parasite. Yeah, and people love it because of the one-shot thing, which is why I think Deacons is going to win for cinematography or or it might end up winning for editing. But um, I think that is going to get confused with oh, it's just, it's a great film. It's the best picture. Of Mm -hmm. course it's the best picture.
0: I just, yeah, especially after Green Book won last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, looking at the sort of model for what they consider a best picture, Mm -hmm. sometimes I get it right, like with Moonlight, and even then they can't get it right in announcing it. But... (laughs) I think that yeah, Best Picture is going to go to 1917. Well, and 1917 is no Green Book, <laughs>
3: right? Yes, right, of course. sorry, I don't <laughs> need to draw that parallel. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is a Green Book. 1917 is, green. is great. Other yeah. than Driving Miss Daisy, <laughs> I think yeah, we all I think there there is enjoyment and appreciation around this table for 1917. But again, like it's not the most exciting of their options, right?
2: Counterpoint, Joker. Yeah, so. yeah, we're all wrong,
0: and it goes to Joker. Yeah.
2: And my heart truly wants Jojo. Also, mm-hmm. I freaking adore Jojo so much, but I don't think it's. I know it would
0: be sad too to see Jojo go home empty-handed.
2: I would yeah. be pretty bummed about that. Me too. That's why I was like really upset that Taika didn't get a directing nom.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: especially because that that's such a thin line you have to skate between going way too far with that kind of concept, and he just nailed it. Right. It's like you either have to commit and like skate that line or you go way too overboard or you don't hit that point enough. And they really nailed it.
0: And I think, too, that there's not enough appreciation for
3: directing child actors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I yeah, think, yeah, that
2: too. I'm upset none of those kids got right. a yeah. nom. Mm-hmm. They're all phenomenal.
3: Yeah, And, and Tiger really excels at that. Like most oh yeah. of his films yeah. involve yeah. child yeah. actors. Yes.
0: And I think that it's not just that he always finds good child actors. It's that he knows exactly how to tell that story and get those performances out of kids in a way that honestly, like, very few living directors
2: are yeah. capable of doing. Because, and I mean this in the best way possible because I love him, he is a child. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. Of
3: course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which he is has why that he beautiful spirit charming. of a child. Yeah. 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 So, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who would you take off the best director list to get Taika on there?
2: Hmm... Probably Todd yep. or Scorsese, but Scorsese's not getting taken off.
3: <laughs> none, none of them are. <laughs> well,
2: none of them are true. <laughs> uh, Mr. Oscar, you can come in now. I have a question for you. Um, either Scorsese or Todd.
0: Yeah. My ideal best director category would be Bong Joon-ho, Quentin Tarantino, Greta Gerwig, Lulu Wong, and Taika Waititi. And Robert Eggers. And Robert mm, Eggers. Yeah. And the Safdie mm-hmm. brothers. And the <laughs> <Safer> oh. brothers. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Anyways. <laughs> And finally, Charlotte's pick for Best Picture.
4: Uh, Parasite. (laughs) Again, (laughs) I loved that movie. Um, uh, I, this, I, I, I don't like that they do 10 nominees. I, I think that's unfair because that there's so many to choose from. I like when they stuck with like the five range. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. I have no idea where that came from. I, yeah, my I don't think exactly. anybody does. I think everyone is kind of like, "What? What are you doing here? What, what is this movie?" Um, and everything else is is expected. I mean, Little Women. I thought. I think I saw it after I wrote my 2019 list. So if I were making that list again today, I would put Little Women on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Little Women, I think, can also be a great contender, and I would be very, very happy if it won that. Um, everything else is kind of like I'm happy that Jojo Rabbit is on there. I I loved that film mm-hmm. as well, but Parasite is is like I said before. It's um I, I have a I, I have a soft spot for that, so yeah. I I want that to win, and I'm hoping it does because I think it's a like we said, it's a great story that this foreign film is getting so much buzz and it's nominated for Best Picture and everybody, critics, you know, celebrities are loving it. So I'm hoping that, you know, the Academy will kind of agree.
0: On a closing note, um, we're going to throw something to the audience. This comes from Cesar Cispedes. Based on the outcry regarding the snubs in the Best Director category um, relative to films that were nominated in Best Picture... As we've discussed, do people think these films just directed themselves? Do you think the number of Best Director nominations should be increased to 10 as well? Or a little fewer than that, as we just noted? <laughs> Even we can't just pick five. It's really <laughs> hard. Um, but we're curious to hear. You can send us your answers or any other thoughts you might have on the Oscar nominations at jbfilmcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us, you guys. Thank, Thank you for having us. us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was not rehearsed, just for
0: listeners at home. Um, but this has been fantastic, and we will check in after the Oscars to see how we how we did and who the quote-unquote winner is.
2: The winner gets a snack from the theater.
0: Something we can't get. At the time. I don't
2: know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us on episode two of the Jacob Burns Filmcast. Next week for episode three, we will have JBFC senior programmer Andrew Jupin in to discuss his favorite overlooked films of the past year. So be sure to tune in.